The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome, everybody, to this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. No Tom Leach today. I am Billy Rutledge. You can follow me on Twitter at BillyRSports. Normally the producer of the Big Blue Insider in Lexington, weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m., but I am excited and pumped up to be hosting the Leach Report this morning. And, man, what a day to be hosting the Leach Report. There is UK Pro Day starting at 1130 later today. We have the beginning of the Sweet 16, the boys' basketball tournament today. That is where Tom Leach will be and will be calling the action on 98.5 The Bull. We'll give you more information on where to hear those games a little later. And also plenty going on in the world of college basketball and college football, so I'm pumped and ready to go. Our guest lineup today, Chris Fisher, will join us in the next segment to talk about Kentucky basketball and recruiting. He covers the Cats for the Cats Paws. And also a little later, at the bottom of the hour, Kyle Tucker will join us to talk more about the Kentucky Wildcats. But we also are joined by Shannon the Dude. He is the Mr. Miyagi to my karate kid. Shannon, I always appreciate you doing or joining us. How are you? Doing well, man. Good to hear from you. Well, good, good. I'm glad you're along board. And, and let's get jump right into it with the Wildcat news of today from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. And the Final Four is set with the Elite Act 8 action yesterday and the day before. We now have the Final Four teams. UCLA defeating Michigan last night 51-49. to And Gonzaga defeating USC 85-66. to And really the story is Johnny Juzang. It was the Johnny Juzang show. 28 points in 37 minutes for the 11-seed UCLA Bruins to defeat the one-seed in Michigan Wolverines. UCLA will now take on the one-seeded Gonzaga in the Final Four, while Houston will take on Baylor in an old Southwest Conference matchup. And last night, Johnny Juzang, those 28 points in 37 minutes. At one point, he had 16 of the team's 18 points. I mean, he was really the only answer that UCLA had. He scored a combined 50 points in the first two games for UCLA in this tournament. He had some foul trouble in the matchup in the Sweet 16, but, I mean, man, this guy has come to play. He has been a huge addition to UCLA, and, you know, I've seen a lot of negativity from some Kentucky fans on Twitter talking about, well, Johnny Juzang should be at Kentucky. You know, Johnny Juzang should be making this impact for the Wildcats this year. A little uh, remorse watching this guy in the tournament, but, you know, maybe it wasn't so much about him starting over Emmanuel Quickly or Tyrese Maxey or Ashton Haggins. You know, Shannon and I were talking about this before the show even started. You know, maybe this was more about Cal showing the future to Johnny Juzang. You know, about the the system that is Kentucky basketball, the animal that it is. And it churns out players as fast as it produces them to the NBA. And when Cal sells the future to guys like B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark or Devin Askew, you know, a lot of times that doesn't or that leaves out more playing time for a guy like Johnny Juzang. And maybe he sees that, becomes a little homesick, and decides to go back home. But, you know, I don't think you can take Johnny Juzang for granted, but I think we can all enjoy what he's doing in now the Final Four as UCLA has won five straight games, defeating Michigan State, BYU, Abilene Christian, Alabama, and Michigan to the, get to this point. On the flip side, Gonzaga, man, they look dominant. You know, they didn't have a turnover 15 minutes into the game 
as they defeated USC 85-66. to Timmy with 23 points. He has the best handlebar mustache in the tournament. You know, I'm rooting for UCLA, but, you know, they come up against that buzzsaw against Gonzaga. The Final Four will be Saturday, April 3rd with those two matchups. And with Houston and Baylor, those are two teams that have not reached the Final Four in a while. It'll be Houston's first Final Four since 1984, Fly Slam Ajama and Akeem Olajuwon. And Baylor's first Final Four since 1950, 71 years for the Baylor Bears. Some other news notes, Terry Wilson is on the move. The former U.K. quarterback will transfer to New Mexico, where he will become immediately eligible with one season of eligibility. Three seasons at Kentucky, a 17-8 and record. Just the second quarterback in U.K. history to beat Florida and Tennessee on the road. He, that The other one was Derek Ramsey. You know, this is a guy that led Kentucky to a Citrus Bowl win over Penn State and a Gator Bowl win over NC State. He did a lot of great things. And really, it's the experience factor when it comes to New Mexico. Between the seven quarterbacks on their roster currently, they only have a combined 20 career starts. Terry Wilson alone has started three seasons for the Cats. That's 25 career starts. He's going to go to a Lobos team that was 2-5 and five last year. And finally, we mentioned the Sweet 16. The KJSAA Boys Basketball Tournament will start today at Rupp Arena. It is the 103rd KHSA Boys State Basketball Tournament running from Today, March 31st to April 3rd, there are four games today, and it will kick off the action with Knott County Central versus E-Town at 11 a.m., and Tom Leach will be on the call for many of these broadcasts this week. That's why I am in for him today. You can hear him on the call on 98.5 The Bull Icons in the Lexington area. It will be Tom Leach, the voice of the Kentucky Colonels, or excuse me, the EKU Colonels, Greg Stottlemyre, and also Cameron Mills, who is going to be part of the action. You can check out all 15 games on 98.5 The Bull Icons, or you can watch the games on khsaa.tv. That is a 10.99 monthly subscription if you'd like to watch the action from home. We're going to take our first break of the Leach Report. Mayor, this is Billy Rutledge filling in for Tom Leach this morning. When we come back, Chris Fisher of the Cat's Pods will join us. This is the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. For this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report, I am Billy Rutledge filling in for Tom Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Billy R Sports. Guests on the Leach Report come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline, and that's where our friend Chris Fisher resides. He covers the University of Kentucky and recruiting for the Cat's Paws. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Fisher 24-7. And, and Chris, I want to talk about UK basketball in just a second, but I can't help but talk about these Elite Eight games last night. Johnny Juzang. Averaged 2.9 points in 12.3 minutes at Kentucky in his one season there. I mean, does he look like an entirely different player to you? Maybe it's the confidence in the different role with him. What did you see from him last night? Yeah, he's definitely taken on an expanded role at UCLA this season. And, you know, there's that's not to say that he couldn't have enjoyed that type of season at Kentucky had he stayed it, um, it was his choice to to leave. It's not like he was pushed out, you know, by John Calipari by any stretch of the imagination. But you know, but had a very limited role last season for Kentucky, playing behind SEC Player of the Year Emmanuel Quickly, first round pick Tyrese Maxey. Um, you could quibble with his minutes a little bit. He could have played a little bit more uh, on that team, and I think you saw his minutes go up toward the end of the season, but. 
um, again, it was his decision to leave. And if you saw the feature that CBS Sports ran on him, uh, I think it was before the Sweet 16 game uh, the other night, I think this decision had more to do with just being closer to home than mm. it did, um, you know, basketball. But uh, having Johnny Juzang as, as one of the premier storylines in the NCAA tournament uh, definitely salt in the wounds for uh, for Kentucky fans, for sure. Yeah, it is hitting close to home right now. UCLA winning five straight games to get to this point after entering the tournament on a four-game losing streak. You remember they lose their star, or their best player, their leading scorer, to a torn ACL, so Juzang really steps into the fold. And now in the Final Four matchup, the 11th-seeded UCLA Bruins will take on the Titan, that is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And, and Chris, tell me, what is your perception of Gonzaga? Have they shifted their national perception from lovable Cinderella to this team that is Thanos and is becoming inevitable when it comes to this perfect season? Or, or how have you seen Gonzaga dominate this tournament? Yes, they're, they're a machine. Uh, they're not these the Cinderella. They're not even close to being a mid-major uh, anymore. I mean, you look at their roster and how it's been constructed, it's really modern college basketball all the way around. I mean, yes, uh, you know, they have international prospects. Yes, they have multi-year players. Uh, but also they're starting to dip into that talent pool and get some of those elite talents that used to come to Kentucky. You look at Jalen Suggs, a, a potential top-five pick in uh, in the NBA draft and, uh, Drew Timmy, who's playing his way into, you know, potentially being a, a first round pick, a, a lottery pick potentially as well. And, uh, and then you look at what they've done with transfers. Andrew Nimhard, uh, from Florida has, has played a big role for them. So you look at the way that, that roster has been built by Mark Few and it's, it's exactly the way, um, teams that are having success in college basketball are doing it and and it looks like Kentucky is is following suit in in that regard with uh with who they've been recruiting uh this offseason. Yeah, Gonzaga looking to become the first team since Indiana in 1976 to go undefeated and win the tournament and UCLA did it four times between 1960 and 70 that's in 63 and 64 and 72 and 73 they went 30 and 0 kind of crazy to think about the dominance of the UCLA basketball program back in the day but they will meet in the final four Houston Baylor UCLA Gonzaga next Saturday April 3rd Chris Fisher is joining us here on the Leach Report and let's shift gears just a second to the UK basketball team and their newest addition, Davidson grad transfer Keelan Grady. He started 122 games at Davidson, scored over 2,000 points, and averaged at least 17.1 points in all four seasons that he was there. It's almost like a perfect fit when it comes to Coach Cal and what this Kentucky basketball needs going into the offseason. Wouldn't you agree, Chris? Yeah, definitely. He's he's tailor-made for what uh, this Kentucky team needs as far as shooting and scoring and experience. Uh, it started 113 of 115 career games at Davidson, like you mentioned, scored over 2,000 career points, uh, 36.6% uh, career three-point shooter. Uh, so re- definitely fills a, a lot of needs for for Kentucky going forward and, and for a Kentucky team who really, really struggled last season to, to score the basketball and uh, take care of the basketball as well. I think it was a uh, uh, decade low uh, numbers as far as 
scoring average and field goal percentage and, and things of that nature. And so he'll definitely go uh, go a long way. We have him ranked as the number three available uh, transfer on the market. So Kentucky made the the first big splash of the of the spring transfer market. How much does the addition of Grady impact Davion Mint's decision to stay or go at Kentucky? Uh, I wouldn't think very much at all. I would think by this point Kentucky probably has a pretty good handle on what Davion Mintz is going to decide to do. I think Davion Mintz's decision on whether to stay or go could affect who else they ultimately pursue. I think um, whether he stays or goes, they're probably going to want to add another experienced point guard, a guy that can penetrate and, and get in the lane and create shots for, for himself or for for others, but uh, by this point, I, I think Kentucky has a pretty good idea of, of what Davion Mintz is, is going to do, and I, I wouldn't think the addition of Keelan Grady would, would affect that either way. Speaking with Chris Fisher of the Cats Paws, we're headed to our second break here on the Leach Report. When we come back, we'll talk more with Chris about University of Kentucky basketball and much more. This is the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Welcome back. This is Billy R. Sports. Billy Rutledge filling in for Tom Leach this morning as he gets ready to broadcast some Sweet 16 action. KHSAA Boys State Basketball Tournament gets underway today. You can listen to all those games on 98.5 The Bull Icons where Tom Leach will be on the call. Guests on the Leach Report come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. That's where we're speaking with Chris Fisher of the Cat's Paws. You can follow him on Twitter at ChrisFisher247. And Chris, we mentioned Keelan Grady, the three-time All-A-10 selection that will be joining the Wildcats. But what are some other names that you're hearing in the transfer portal? What are some of those big names out there that Kentucky could be reaching out to? Yeah, I think, again, they're probably going to look to add an experienced point guard Obviously, Kentucky struggled at that position uh, with Devin Askew last season, and I'm just not sure you can go into next year with Davion Mintz and Devin Askew as your only options at that uh, position. Justin Powell, while not necessarily a pure point guard, averaged almost five assists uh, in ten games as a freshman at Auburn last season. Uh, Marcus Carr from Minnesota, although he's going to take a, a long, hard look at uh, the NBA and go through that process before making a final decision. You have Xavier Johnson at Pittsburgh uh, with second in the ACC in assist and, and really, to me, looks the part of a John Calipari point guard. Explosive first step, can get in the lane, uh, average almost six assists per game for Pittsburgh last season, uh, can be a, a tenacious on-ball defender as well. Uh, he's a name that I've also on since Entered the portal in late February. You have Chris Likes uh, from Miami just uh, entered the portal over the weekend and was initially planning on turning pro and then reversed course and, and decided to enter the transfer portal. Uh, you have Mac Player of the Year, Marion Jackson from Toledo, and then you have Kadari Richmond from Syracuse who entered the portal made a big splash uh, with that news uh, yesterday. So plenty of, of quality options, I think, for Kentucky as far as adding an experienced lead guard. 
and the transfer portal really fattening up with this one-time transfer rule really on the horizon, but the waiver being taken into effect right now due to COVID-19. And Chris, with all that's changing in the college basketball and football landscape when it comes to really free agency, when it comes to these kids and being able to decide where they want to go with a one-time transfer, do you think there's ever a future regarding Kentucky basketball in which they're very limited in their recruiting of high school kids? You know, we saw Cal dominate the high school scene when it comes to the one and done, getting the best players for quite a while, the elite athletes. But do you think there could be a shift in focus when it comes to this Kentucky basketball program to instead of the top five high school kids, the top five transfers? Because I, I see Kentucky as one of the main programs that stands to benefit to mid-major kids that want to get a shot at playing at the big times. Yeah, and John Calipari said it before, Kentucky's always going to be and um you know they can go to a georgia instead of a kentucky and be the man and you know shoot 30 shots a game and still be the number one overall pick in the draft it's not really going to hurt their their draft stock going forward and so uh it just makes the most sense for kentucky to to take this route and i think that's what you're seeing yeah, we're going to see college basketball and football change a lot over the next coming years. And if you want to follow along on any of that information, you should give Chris Fisher a follow on Twitter. It's at Chris Fisher 24-7, covering the University of Kentucky and recruiting for the Cat's Paws. Thank you much, Chris. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Kyle Tucker will be coming up next here on the Leach Report in our next segment. Big thank you to Chris for jumping on. I'm Billy Rutledge, filling in for Tom Leach this morning. Follow me on Twitter at Billy R Sports, and we'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. The Leach Report comes to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. And guests on the Leach Report come to you from the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. That's where Kyle Tucker joins us. He covers Kentucky basketball and the Tennessee Titans for The Athletic. You should follow him on Twitter at KyleTucker underscore ATH. And Kyle, I appreciate you taking some time and joining us. Uh, you know, I think the natural starting point is Johnny Juzang, but you know, this whole NCAA tournament as a whole has been weird. You know, it's, it's been the weirdest college basketball season ever, ending with the weirdest NCAA tournament with the 11 seed in the final four. And now they will take on the team who's undefeated in Gonzaga. It's just been a strange year and it's being really a cherry on top of the Sunday with former Kentucky player Johnny Juzang going off in the tourney. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure it's, John Calipari is both very happy for Johnny and also it, it feels like his worst nightmare in terms of uh, his own fan base reacting. Uh, 108 points in five games. It is, wow. the, the crazy stat from last night is that uh, in UCLA's history, pretty storied history, um, player, most points in the first five NCAA tournament games uh, Johnny Juzang trails only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> Lou Alcindor at the time, um, and is tied with Bill Walton. Uh, that is just mind-boggling to me. Um, 27 last night. I think it's the second time in this tournament he scored 27. Um, he's been really good, and he made made you know some big plays down the stretch. He's been playing on a bum ankle. Uh, I think certainly been better for UCLA this year than anybody would have imagined. I thought he'd be a nice player for them and, and maybe eventually be this guy. But to do that right away, year two as a sophomore, coming from Kentucky, um, where we didn't see a ton of him, 
pretty surprising and, and, and certainly salt in the wounds in, in a year when Kentucky sort of lacked shooting, lacked offensive punch, had its worst season in almost 100 years to see Johnny Juzang lead UCLA to a very unexpected Final Four, uh, I'm sure is, is hurts quite a bit. Yeah, and I, and I have no doubt that he could have done something similar at Kentucky. But Kyle, would you agree that um, it wasn't that he was starting or wasn't going to start over guys like Quickly, Maxie, or Hagens? But you know, maybe it was the the future of the program and his future role wasn't exactly what he wanted to. I know you've written at length about you know him being homesick and 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 really cow pleading with the guy to come back. Not really a um, you know a decision by Kentucky to get rid of him, but. You know, would you agree that maybe the plans for the future kind of shaped in a way in which Johnny thought he wouldn't wasn't going to see the playing time that he wanted? Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's ultimately sort of the the conundrum for Calipari. I mean, and, and on one hand, you really can't fault him for if you can get top ten players, get top ten players. Uh, you know, was he? You know, we talk, we can talk about the season Johnny was here, and, and you know, I don't see how you play him very many minutes over any of the three starting backcourt guys. You know, Ashton Hagens, SEC Defensive Player of the Year, Manuel Quickly, SEC Player of the Year, right. uh, Tyrese Maxey, a lottery pick. Um, it's hard to quibble much with the playing time that year he was here, but he did get some towards the end. He played, I think, 49 minutes over the last two games. He was at Kentucky, played a bunch in that Florida game, had, had 10 points. Um, I think you could envision that he was going to be a bigger part of the team, but then when you look at, at the recruiting, when they go sign three wings. Uh, I, I think, to me, maybe one area more than Boston and Clark that you, you can quibble with is, like, should you have taken Cam Fletcher in the first place? Did you really need to crowd that room um, with three guys who were going to threaten Johnny Juzang's playing time? Um, and, and then, you know, I think you could probably question whether you needed to take Terrence Clark, but I don't know a coach in America – that if they could get two top ten players like right. Boston and Clark, wouldn't take them. And there aren't many coaches in America who can get both of those guys in a recruiting class. Um, and I would tell you, too, everybody, I would think, in this fan base was ecstatic at the time that they got both those guys because they hadn't been getting those guys a whole lot lately. And then you, you go get two guys who are arguably even top five recruits at one point in Boston and Clark. Should you not take those guys? I mean, I think there's an argument you can make now if you're talking about long-term roster building that, yeah, maybe you should only take one of them. And then you you let Johnny Juzang know very clearly by doing so that he's in your plans for the future. The other piece of that is I know that very early in his one season at Kentucky, he was already feeling the homesickness of being 2,000 miles from home. His parents rented an apartment here, and his grandfather – would drive over from Virginia Beach for long stretches of time um, and stay in that apartment. Then Johnny would go over and hang out with him and work puzzles with him to sort of combat the homesickness. He was talking to the coaches about the homesickness and you know frustrations early in his time at Kentucky. And so in their minds, could they afford to stake their future on a guy who was from the West Coast where a million guys have come here and been here for one year and gone? back home and he's already sort of indicating that he's feeling that way could you really afford to say no to some of these recruits and then what if johnny got homesick anyway and left Mm. so um i sometimes it just sometimes it's not 
like everybody, somebody's got to be blamed. Sometimes it just the whole situation was just better for Johnny to go somewhere else, to be back home, to you know, to go to a place where he was going to get also 15, 18 shots a game. I would say, you know, one thing I would point out about Johnny is even right now he's not a super efficient scorer. He does need a lot of shots to kind of get going. Um, and, you know, would he have gotten that at Kentucky? Is that the best, you know, does Calipari think that's the best way, you know, to approach offense? I'm not sure. Um, there, th- this is going to be debated for a long time. <laughs> and especially if they somehow upset Gonzaga and win the national title and Johnny Juzang is Final Four MOP, um, <laughs> the nightmare will continue for Cal because he's never going to hear the end of it, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you can look at this past season for Kentucky and, you know, they're a team that brings in a lot of new players and you could think that COVID-19 amplified the effects of not being able to work in the summer and not being able to eat meals with your teammates. I mean, just essentially the chemistry was thrown off from the very beginning at one of the most important programs when it comes to those summer workouts. So it'll be interesting to see how Cal adapts to this one-time transfer rule and how things are changing. But you mentioned Cal, and as long uh, as well as the transfer portal being in full effect, the coaching carousel as well is is moving right now. We've seen Mike Woodson get hired at IU, and Shaka Smart moving on to Marquette after um, I don't think Texas fired him, but he just moved on from Marquette, beating the the shoe to the foot there. But Coach Calipari came out with the third best Vegas odds for the Texas job, and and my question is why? Where is the mutual interest between Coach Cal and Texas, and do you think that's even in the realm of possibility? I mean, it's in the realm. I, I the thing is, I think here's why: because Calipari is is clearly at a crossroads here. Uh, he's clearly at odds with a segment of the fan base here right now, uh, who who are expressing one and done fatigue and a number of other things. I think just some general frustration there, which is going to, I mean, look, that's going to happen. If you, if you go nine and 16 anywhere, and especially at Kentucky, and it's the worst season in 94 years, and you're not at odds with your fan base, then that, then I, you know, of course that's going to happen. You're good. There's going to be friction, but that, that is the situation. Um, he's got this unbelievable contract at Kentucky where you, Nobody else who can pay you know who could steal Cal away with when he's making the back end of this contract the final four years of the deal which I think ends in twenty nine twenty eight or twenty nine are uh, he's nine and nine and a half million I'm sorry nine million a year and I think two years from now he can resign as coach and then make almost a million a year as this sort of ambassador. Um, the rest of his life and that is such a good deal that there's maybe nobody and and certainly a very small number of schools who could actually lure him away with a financial package that would be competitive to that uh and he's not going to leave a bunch of money on the table even if he's frustrated right now at kentucky but then there's texas texas comes open and texas has more money than god i mean they have their own (laughs) network they it is one of the richest athletic departments in america they could do it. I mean, they technically could do it. I'm not sure Texas would do it because Texas is a, is a football school, and they're not paying their football coach that kind of money. And I and and what would be what would the optics be to pay your basketball coach at Texas more than your football coach? 
that said, you don't have to pay as much. You don't have to pay Cal what he's making at Kentucky. If you're in Texas, there's no state income tax. You can pay him less and, he's, and get pretty competitive. Um, all of that to say, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Cal's going anywhere. But I think if there were ever going to be a scenario to arise where somebody in the right moment where, with where Cal's at here at Kentucky – in the right moment with a big enough checkbook could actually make it interesting. Texas is on the short list of places that could do that. And, and it, you know, we know Texas, you know, what it thinks of itself and what its boosters think of themselves. And I'm sure there are some dudes there with, with the money who say, let's go get this guy. You know, let's make Texas football and basketball the it thing. But, yeah, I mean, so uh... that, I think that's how you end up in the conversation. I think that's how you end up on, a, on third in the Vegas odds. All to say, I don't. I don't expect ultimately that will be the case. Yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, you took the words out of my mouth when you said a football school, and uh, why would you leave a lifetime contract at a basketball school, the biggest basketball school? I'd like to see the buyout on a lifetime contract, though. After we've seen this money thrown around season with Mike Woodson, it was Archie Miller's ten million dollar buyout, and. Uh, everything that's going along. But we need to take one more break here on the Leach Report. Kyle Tucker is going to stick with us for one more segment. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Kenny Payne turning down the DePaul job. And UK Football Pro Day is today, starting at 1130. The Leach Report comes to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. I am Billy Rutledge, and we'll be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. Not the Johnny Juzang show, I promise. I'm Billy Rutledge filling in for Tom Leach, who will be on the call for the KHSAA Boys State Basketball Tournament today. That starts at 1130. You can listen to him on 98.5 The Bull for the first game of the day. That's not County Central versus E-Town at 11 a.m. Guests on the Leach Report come to you on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We were speaking with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Kyle, uh, before we get into some more topics, are there any special sign-up offers for The Athletic going on right now? Yeah, the NCAA tournament going on, uh, we've got a $1 a month subscription deal. So check that out. I'm going to have a bunch more Kentucky stuff as the roster begins to shape itself here uh, in these next few weeks, I think. I think Kyle Perry definitely understands what went wrong last year and is trying to address it. Uh, Kellen Grady is a great start to that. Well, I highly recommend getting a subscription. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at KyleTucker underscore ATH. And Kyle, speaking of you know former Kentucky basketball figures, Kenny Payne turned down the DePaul job recently. He's now at the New York Knicks as an assistant coach and with Dwayne Peavy taking over the AD job at DePaul. It looked like a match made in heaven, but... Kenny Payne turns it down. Why do you think he turned it down, and, and do you think that he stays on the NBA career path? I think there's a chance of that. I think also uh, you're going to see Kenny Payne. I mean, it's been the case. It's the reason he stayed at Kentucky for a decade. Um, he's he's going to be very selective, and he doesn't want his one shot. And, and frankly, that's been the case for a lot of minority head coaches. They don't they don't get recycled over and over like some of their colleagues. You kind of get one shot, and I, I don't think he wants to um, – he's not going to go to a place where he might lose. I think he's going to wait until he knows he can win, or he's going to stay on that NBA path because that money's pretty good there. Uh, and, and the reason I think so, – so selectivity I think is part of it, but I think the main reason he's probably not going anywhere right now is that on the front end of this, I mean, uh, Worldwide West, William Wesley – 
who's now in the Knicks front office, is one of his very best friends. Uh, he was sleeping on Wes's couch in Detroit when he was essentially an unpaid intern for the uh, Pistons that won a championship. Uh, Larry Brown's team uh, back then, and sort of Perry's recommendation as this all kind of comes full circle. Uh, Kenny had been part of a coaching uh, clinic years ago, was going back to school after his playing days were over uh, to get his degree at Louisville and do it. And then on the weekends, driving up to Detroit and, and breaking down film for Larry Brown and those guys. And and so he goes that far back with West. Actually, he goes further back than that. He goes all the way back to Louisville uh, with West. All those guys were there together. Um, Milt Wagner and company. So he's, you know, he's deeply entrenched with uh, William Wesley and also Leon Rose, um, who runs the Knicks now. And so I think those guys sort of had an understanding when this all started that this wasn't going to, you know, this isn't going to be a six-month gig and then you're gone. You know, I think I think he sort of pledged some time to them to help them develop players um, and maybe to get on a coaching developmental track um to have an opportunity to, to be that guy in the NBA. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Kenny Payne um, move his way up within the NBA ranks, but uh, it's not super surprising to me that he would pass on DePaul. Uh, he certainly has a connection with PV. Um, they certainly respect each other a great deal. I'm sure there was some appeal to that. I think the right guy can win there. It's in Chicago. Um, if you can get a guy who can recruit Chicago, you can win at DePaul, I think, but and it's in a good league. But Kenny Payne, I think, is is either going to be an NBA guy for life now, and I think, honestly, I think it fits him the best. But if not, he's going to take a, a a better job, I think, when he when he takes his first head coaching job in college. Well, we know how well respected Kenny Payne is in both college basketball and the NBA already. Uh, I mean, six months into the job, how would Julius Randle feel? I mean, he just became an all-star. I mean, and Kenny Payne would walk out the door. I don't think he'd be very happy, or Emmanuel Quickly, who is looking like the second or third best rookie right now in the NBA. Uh, Kyle, let me end you on a football question here. Today is UK Football Pro Day, and fans can watch the Pro Day at 11.30 a.m. on UKAthletics.com. Dick Gabriel and Cash Daniels will be together on the call talking about all things in this Pro Day. And, Kyle, I'm leaning towards the fact that this is one of the more important pro days uh, in Kentucky football history just because of maybe not the face-to-face meetings that prospects can have with NFL evaluators when it comes to this upcoming next draft. I know you cover the Titans for the Athletic as well. Would it be wise if we were advising Jamin Davis not to work out at Pro Day today just because some of the mock drafts that come out seem to have Davis going in pretty high mid-first round, and, and he likes where he's at, so why even work out? I mean, I guess you could say that, um, but unless there, unless he's not 100% healthy, he's a physical freak. I think he's going to impress <laughs> at Pro Day. Um, I mean, he is he's kind of a marvel in that way. And so I, I think he's going to be fine, but, but I was going to mention him for sure. I, he is another of those really remarkable success stories in the development part of what Kentucky's done. I mean, there's so much attention has been paid over these last six or seven years to how Stoops and Merrow and all those guys have recruited at a level that Kentucky's really not seen in the, in the modern era in the recruiting services era for sure. Um, but they have also, and more importantly, really, developed at an unbelievable level. Some guys that, I mean, Josh Allen, a two-star with a Monmouth offer. Uh, Jamin Davis, a three-star with, you know, 
not very many big time offers from a small town in Georgia, and now he's going to be. I mean, there's not a human being on earth that had Jamin Davis even going to the draft, much less a first round draft pick when last season started. Uh, you know, Josh Allen had developed slowly over time to where he was a, a pretty well known NFL commodity, not top ten pick. Uh, he had a huge season, too, to, to really cement himself, but he was at least on the radar. Davis wasn't on anybody's radar when the <laughs> season started. And, and now he's, I mean, everybody seems to agree now that he's probably in the first round. And I think that is, one, as important to your program as anything that you can, is, you're going to want to get the best, you know, four and five stars, as many of those as you can. And we know you can't win at the highest level without a bunch of them. But also, you sort of make your you make your hay, and especially when you're in the tier that Kentucky's in and trying to climb another one, uh, by getting guys nobody else knew about and developing them into high end players, and they they're now have a pretty good track record of that. And then Kyle that and- also just builds on how you can recruit, which is you know now you can get more four and five star players. If you can do that with a two star, what can you do with me? Is I think going to be some of the mentality for guys i couldn't agree more kyle and you know look at the opportunity that he got god if the tragedy didn't happen to chris oates you know jamin davis wouldn't become the guy that he was today so everything happens for a reason we're still praying for chris oates for a speedy recovery and and kyle i really thank you for joining us here on the leech report you can follow him on twitter at kyle tucker underscore ath and read his work at the athletic kyle thank you much thanks have a good one all right we're going to take a break When we come back, one final segment to go here on this Wednesday edition of the Leach Report. I'm Billy Rutledge, and we will be right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. Welcome back. This is Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. I'm Billy Rutledge, filling in for Tom. Big thank you to Tom for letting me fill in on this show. You can follow me on Twitter at BillyRSports. Just a couple housekeeping notes here in this final segment. If you want to watch UK Pro Day today, that starts at 1130 on UKAthletics.com. It'll be Dick Gabriel and former linebacker Cash Daniels. I'm sure that'll be interesting. Uh, you can watch that on UKAthletics.com as the guys work out for NFL scouts. The Sweet 16 KHSAA Boys Basketball State Tournament starts today and runs through April 3rd. You can hear Tom Leach on the KHSAA Radio Network. All the action will be on 98.5 The Bull Icons with all 15 games along with Tom Leach, the voice of the EKU Colonels, Greg Stottlemyre, and Cameron Mills, former walk-on who has his very own show here on 630 WLAP. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on 